The New York Islanders' winning streak came to an end. We'll explain why, but they look to start a new streak tonight against the Calgary Flames. We have a full preview, plus the latest on Robin Sallow, and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Hope everybody had a good weekend. We've got a lot to get to on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, maybe a comment on something we talked about, or a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am also live-tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for instant insight and analysis. And, you know, it's just always great to be in touch with uh, Islanders fans, fellow Islanders fans, whether it's during the game or any time. So please follow on Twitter and be in touch. It's always great to talk to everybody. All right. Tough loss for the Islanders on Saturday. The five-game winning streak comes to an end as the Islanders lose to the Detroit Red Wings 3 to nothing. And look, this the, the big issue I had with this game was that the Islanders just played flat. And look, if you've been following this team long enough, you know the Islanders have an issue with matinee games, that they have struggled in afternoon games for a long, long time. And they just didn't look ready to play. The the Red Wings were the faster team. They were the more organized team. And... Overall, the Islanders' problem was that they just didn't seem to have the spark they usually have. They took a lot, and I do mean a lot, of questionable penalties and kind of the kind of penalties that you tend to take when you're a step slow. Now, the offense just wasn't there. Uh, Semyon Varlamov played fine. I can't fault him on the two goals he gave up. 
nor can I really say that the goal allowed by Ilya Sorokin was a soft goal. Varley got hurt, missed the last 8 minutes and 13 seconds uh, of the second period, but then came back out and played for the third, so at least Varley was okay. But the Islanders just, again, did not seem to have the, the just the urgency. It was almost like they knew that they had five wins in a row banked, that they had played well. This was the last game of this road trip, and they sort of just let up a little bit. And, you know, the, the Nelson, Bar, uh, Bavillier, and Lee line, which had been so good, Nelson and Lee both minus two in this game, and that certainly didn't help matters. It, it, it just, the, the team just wasn't very sharp. And I, I think, other than the face-offs where J.G. Pajot and Casey Sezikis both did very nicely, as did Matthew Barzal, who won four out of five, but overall, you know, this team just didn't bring their A game. And it, it, it was just a frustrating kind of a loss where they just either seemed tired or uninspired or not ready to play or some combination of all of those things. And, you know, that's just not the kind of thing you want to see. So Lane Lambert has... Uh, a responsibility now to sort of get the Islanders back on track. And we'll see whether or not he can do that. Look, nobody is, no team in the league is going to play great for 82 games. That's just not the way it goes. But at the same time, you don't want to have too many of these clunkers like the Islanders had on Saturday. So hopefully they can rebound and find a way to play better. Uh, still think we need more. Uh, I'm going to call him out. Oliver Wallstrom struggled in this game away from the puck. And he is still near the bottom, even though he's starting games on the first line. Wally near the bottom with 12 minutes, 10 seconds of ice time. He took another penalty uh, in this game that was, again, sort of the uh, lazy, I'm a little behind the play, so I have to take a penalty kind of penalties. That's not what you want to see. So uh, I, I think we need more from the Islanders emotionally, and we'll see how Lane Lambert handles you know, what the team can do after such a disappointing performance. Uh, needless to say, on Saturday. The officiating, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was poor uh, a lot of the time. But be that as it may, you know, you got to overcome it. And some of those some of those penalties were bad calls. Some of them were lazy penalties. And you're not going to get the calls when you are the team that's a step slow. So it certainly hurt the Islanders. No question about that. And hopefully they bounce back. Uh, in the big game coming up against Calgary tonight. So we'll have a full preview of that game coming up. Now, uh, got to have a, a couple of things. We have uh, Robbie sending us an email, and it, it has to do with a news item, so I wanted to sort of incorporate it. Hi, Gil. I enjoy your podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much for that. 
Uh, the team is playing great, but I see a decision looming. Aho has been playing good defense with few errors, but he has no points and is a minus two. Salo also played solid D, had two goals in four games, and sits at a plus one. I assume he's healed and ready to go. Uh, and perhaps we discuss how Lane handles this situation. Uh, he wants everyone contributing, and Salo will. And then, of course, he asks about Samuel Bulduck, who is playing extremely well, 21 years old, six foot four, 220. Uh, he may be the long-term answer. So, Robbie, first of all, thank you for the email. And uh, it's a good question. Let's leave Bulduck out of it, because I don't think he's in the equation for at least the, the first half of this year, barring injury. The Islanders did loan uh, Robin Sallow back to Bridgeport. They announced that so he could play Sunday in Bridgeport. And here's the thing. I think in the long run, Robin Sallow is a better player than Sebastian Ajo for this team. Ajo, even when he's been playing well, has his moments of indecision and sloppiness in his own zone that I just think because of his size, he may never be able to overcome consistently at the NHL level. The point is right now, Salo, as as you mentioned, Robbie, is injured, uh, isn't playing because Ajo is playing better lately. So by loaning uh, Robin Salo down to Bridgeport, he gets to play his way back into shape, and then we'll see uh, whether or not he gets recalled and whether or not we see some kind of a mix between the two of them as far as who plays. The worst thing the Islanders could do is to keep Robin Sallow on the NHL roster and barely play him at all. He is still a young enough player where he's developing and we'll see whether, you know, not playing is worse than him being back down in the AHL. So hopefully he gets a few games under his belt and rejoins the team because there are no other defensemen other than the six in the lineup. We'll see. Now, as for Bolduck, like I said, I think we're talking about the second half of the season at the earliest before we see more of him, but uh, at the NHL level, barring a major injury. So we'll see what happens, but that's where it stands as of now. And thank you, Robbie for the email and the question. We've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We've got a preview of tonight's game against the Flames, plus another uh, email question about goaltending this time. That and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up because right now, Locked On Islanders listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, you got 24-7 professional monitoring agents who use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get a priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 
Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get to the second email. Lucas from Middle Island. Hey man, I love the show. I listen to it every time another one drops. Now a couple of games into the season. How do you feel about Varley? He has obviously been a great goaltender in his time for the Islanders, but when you look at all the great teams like the Lightning and unfortunately the Rangers, you realize they have one ace in net and it works. With how good Sorokin is, do you think the Islanders should heavily consider trading Varley and using that money to get that winger they so desperately need? Keep up the great work. I love the show. Lucas in Middle Island. Thank you for the kind words, Lucas, and the email. Let me put it to you this way. Yes, I think they'll, if the Islanders continue to play well and are in the playoff hunt, trading Varley for that goal-scoring winger that they need so badly would make sense. But I think what we're going to see from Lou Lamorello is waiting until we're closer to the trade deadline. Why? Because that way the Islanders have a little more insurance in case an injury does happen to Ilya Sorokin, which they certainly don't want to have happen. And second of all, uh, whether they have to make one trade, whether it's Varlamov as a rental for a rental goal scorer, or whether they have to make two trades. They trade Varley to one team and then acquire a goal scorer from another team. There'll be less of a salary cap impact later in the season. It gives them a little more flexibility. And look, Varlamov's salary is about $5 million a year. Let's say you want to acquire a goal scorer who's making seven you then have less of a difference if you're only talking about 20 games or so at the end of the season. And then in the playoffs, you'll have that player ready, but again, less of a salary cap impact if you do it that way. So yes, Lucas, I think it is something the Islanders should consider doing strongly, especially if they're in the playoff hunt later in the season. But I think Lou Lamorello will wait until we're closer to the trade deadline for that to happen. But thank you so much for the question. So tonight, Islanders, Calgary Flames at UBS Arena. Flames 5-4-1 on the season. They have lost four in a row, including an overtime loss to the New Jersey Devils in Calgary uh, back on Saturday. So this team is reeling a little bit. And there are a lot of familiar names on this Flames team that I think Islander fans will, uh, you know, just sort of, uh, after the offseason, they'll know and appreciate. Why? Well, okay. Let's start with Nazem Kadri, who was rumored to be an Islander and never made it. 
Let's talk Jonathan Huberdeau, who the Islanders were supposedly interested in and were unable to acquire. So those two names alone have to make Islander fans sort of wary uh, of, of facing this team. Kadri off to a good start, six goals, 11 points in 10 games. But the problem overall for Calgary, they're not scoring. Only 32 goals through 10 games. That's 28th in the league. Goals against, they're still doing good. Jacob Markstrom, uh, a 284 goals against and a 900 save percentage. Those are numbers below expectations. Now, Markstrom did play against the Devils, whether they'll start him or Dan Vlader. Uh, in this game, Markstrom has started eight games, Vladar three. We have to see about that. Power play only 18th in the league, but they are hitting at 20%. The penalty kill 11th. So the Flames struggling a little bit offensively, which I don't think a lot of people expected. The lineup for the Flames, Elias Lindholm is the top line center with Jonathan Huberdeau to his left, Tyler Toffoli to his right. Nazem Kadri is the second line pivot. Dylan Dubé and Andrew Mangiapan are the his wingers. Michael Backlund is the third line center. Blake Coleman, Trevor Lewis on either side of him. And on the fourth line, Kevin Rooney centers Milan Lucic and Brett Ritchie. On defense, Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson are the top pair. Mackenzie Wegar and Nikita Zadorov are the second. And Connor Mackey and Michael Stone are the third. Jacob Markstrom, Daniel Vladar, as we mentioned, on uh, are the goaltenders. Right now, Oliver Killington is out of the lineup. Chris Tanev is listed as day-to-day. The Islanders have to understand that even with the four-game losing streak, they cannot take the Calgary Flames lightly. This is a team that is expected to contend for the Stanley Cup. They have good goaltending, they're big, they're physical, they're skilled, but they are still adjusting to the turnover that they had. During the offseason, the Flames became the first team in modern NHL history to lose two 100-point players in the same year. Then they make moves like adding Nazem Kadri, which undoubtedly helped their lineup, and, and adding Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Wieger, but they are still making those adjustments. So we'll see whether or not the long trip out to the East Coast from Western Canada affects the Flames at all. They're going to play the Islanders Monday, the Devils Tuesday, the Bruins Thursday. So a three-game East Coast swing going to be tough for the Flames, but hopefully if you're an Islanders fan and hopefully the Islanders can figure out a way to keep Calgary on their heels and the Islanders' strong defense hopefully can continue to frustrate the Calgary Flames' offensive attack, which has been inconsistent as of late. I expect we see uh, Ilya Sorokin in goal for the Islanders, and of course tomorrow we will have all our key takeaways from this game and a lot more. Uh, We'll also, in fact, have a crossover episode tomorrow uh, with Locked On Rangers to preview that game, so make sure you join us for that. We have got a lot more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We go back to the 70s for our Islanders birthday of the day, a player who spent one and a half years with the Isles but was part of a trade 
that helped the Islanders get to the playoffs and go on their first long playoff run. That and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And today is the 75th birthday of former Islanders winger Ernie Hickey. Hickey was not drafted. He's a a native of Regina, Saskatchewan. His brother, Bill Hickey, also played in the NHL, and they were briefly teammates on the California Golden Seals during the 70-71 campaign. Hickey was selected by the Atlanta Flames in the expansion draft, and then late in the season joined the New York Islanders in a trade. Only played one game for the Isles in 72-73, but 73-74, 55 games with the Isles, 6 goals, 13 points, Here's a guy who scored uh, 20 goals twice in his career, a 30-goal scorer in 1976-77 with the Minnesota North Stars. The thing about Ernie Hickey, he was involved in two huge trades. One with the Montreal Canadiens, Hickey ended up being traded to the California Golden Seals in the trade that sent the draft pick that gave the Canadiens Hall of Famer Guy Lafleur. And then with the Islanders, during that 74-75 season, the Islanders traded Ernie Hickey to the Minnesota North Stars along with Doug Rombaugh and got J.P. Parise, the father of Zach Parise. That trade took place January 5th, 1975, and the Islanders got Jude Druan shortly, right around the same time, and all of a sudden, the Islanders in 74-75, got more experience and became a better hockey team and went on that long playoff run. So Ernie Hickey, a good goal scorer in his day, struggled with the Islanders, who in 73-74 were still not a great team, but uh, part of two huge trades that really changed the course of the NHL in the 70s. We go back and look at one of Ernie Hickey's better games with the Islanders, November 22nd, 1973, at what was then a fairly new Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The Detroit Red Wings are the visitors. Terry Richardson, the Red Wings goalie. Jerry Desjardins, the goalie for the Islanders. And it was our Islanders' birthday of the day. Ernie Hickey getting the scoring started. His third of the year from Lorne Henning and Billy Harris at 8.08. Islanders up 1-0. But the Red Wings tied it late. In the first period, Nick Libet, his 12th from Bill Collins and the great Marcel Dion at 14-15. After one period, Isles won, Red Wings won. The Red Wings took the lead in the second. Dennis Potvin of the Islanders called for elbowing, and the late great Ace Bailey scored his fifth. Marcel Dion and Guy Charon with the assist at 2-32, Isles down 2-1. But Gary Howitt ties it for the Islanders. Bob Nystrom and Andre St. Laurent with the assist at 7.44. It's 2-2, but Bill Collins gets a shorthanded goal. Tim Ecclestone of Detroit was in the box. Collins unassisted his seventh at 16.21. Isles down 3-2 after 40 minutes. But in the third period, Lorne Henning gets the Islanders even at three, his fifth, Jean Potvin and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ernie Hickey with the assists at 108. And then 
Ernie Hickey, his second of the game, fourth of the year. Lauren Henning and Billy Harris, the helpers, at 1430. Isles up 4-3. to three. Craig Cameron scores with a minute 33 left in the third period from Ralph Stewart. Cameron's second of the year. That makes the final 5-3 Islanders. Islanders outshoot the Red Wings 33-22. And Jerry Desjardins makes 19 saves to earn the win for Ernie Hickey, our Islanders' birthday of the day. Two goals, three points, a plus two. He had the game winner, and he had three shots on goal. Dennis Potvan, by the way, led the Islanders with six shots on goal in this game. So, happy 75th birthday to Ernie Hickey. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Tonight's game against the Flames is going to be an important one. The Islanders really need to show that the game against Detroit was just a letdown and that the way they played during the five-game winning streak is more the kind of game we're going to see game in and game out for this Islanders team. So it will be very important, even if they lose, I'd like to see them get at least a point, but they need to play well and to take advantage of a Flames team that is reeling a little bit at this point in time. We have to see how the Islanders come out. I'm expecting Sorokin to play well. I'm expecting the Islanders to play well, but they've got to get the job done. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Remember, crossover episode tomorrow with Locked On Rangers as we preview the Islanders-Rangers game at Madison Square Garden. So join us for that. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.